I'm absolutely thrilled to be on the cover of an extensive 11-page feature on the latest issue of Inspired Magazine that was released October 2nd, 2023. It's on newsstands alongside publications like Cosmo, Rolling Stone, People, Harper's Bazaar, Inc., Good Housekeeping, and the list just goes on. This is a significant milestone in my career, and I've had so much love and support from people in the industry, my peers, different readers, celebrities, people I've worked with over the years, friends from back home that I grew up with, my mom, um, and it's really a privilege to have the opportunity to share my clean beauty story with so many of you. And I wanted to express my gratitude to the publisher and editor-in-chief, Doris Sherman, for conducting this really personal, in-depth interview that allowed me to delve into my journey. And I want to share that with you today on the air. Uh, We spoke for over an hour, and she put together a really beautiful story that is only a few minutes. And um, you can definitely go check out Inspired Magazine and all of the amazing women and people and brands that she covers. The story is really magnificent. So here we go. I want to read it to you. And uh, if you have any questions, let me know. You can always find me on Instagram at Cassandra McClure and on every other major platform you can think of. (laughs) Cassandra McClure was obsessed with makeup since she was a kid, but wasn't allowed to wear it until She was about 13 years old. I feel it's weird to read it in this context, so I'm going to just switch to my back to my words. As a result, I kept it in my backpack on the way to school where I'd put it on and I would take it off before I got home and hide it from my dad. And he wasn't happy about that. I actually got caught once when I forgot to take it off and I got in so much trouble. So I had a deep love for beauty and makeup at the time, and I definitely was more, I'm all, I've always been more of a rebel. So when someone tells me no, I usually will do it just because I don't want to be told no. And my mom, on the other hand, you know, she inspired me. She led me on my journey to where I'm at now. And she really did guide me, um, like from afar. And she let me grow into the woman that I am today. And I would watch her put on her cover girl foundation and her mascara in the mirror. And it always, I remember the smell in her purse. And it was just one of those things you'll never forget growing up. And whenever I her, she would like leave the car, you know, and I was sitting in the car or I, her purse was around, I'd always rummage through it and, and, and put on her makeup. And, um, I think she still wears the same exact stuff to this day. So in terms of my background and my first experience in the beauty industry that was featured in this magazine, you know, my initial experience in the industry came from working at my mom's party store. I assist her in an event planning business that she had where she would rent out equipment to weddings. And growing up, we always, as a family, had the coolest birthday and holiday parties because we got snow cone machines, ice, you know, popcorn machines. Um, we would have like a bounce house and like all the fun things that you think of like at a cool party. So my mom would always get that stuff for us. Like cotton candy machine was my favorite. So when I got a little older into my teens, my mom, she was going to bridal shows 
and she would go there to rent out her equipment. But I thought that the booth was really boring and I started looking at the different suppliers and vendors and had no idea that it was an industry. And so I did see some makeup booths there. And one time I asked my mom if I could go with her under her booth and do a little makeup. And I even got introduced to the person who was running the entire show. And I was so serious about it. I did the makeup for all the everyone in the fashion show. And I, you know, became a little obsessed with like the dresses and the flowers and the photography and of course beauty. And so that's what we did. And I secured my first bride at a bridal show with my mom. And I wasn't even 18 years old. Um, when I did turn 18, I had saved up money working in several different jobs. And I moved to LA, enrolled in beauty school in Hollywood. And I was hired as an extra on several different shows and TV, worked as an extra. And I really got to learn what Hollywood was all about. And from there, I launched a mobile beauty business called The Bella Look, which ran for about 10 years. And I became the first stylist to ever travel with the PGA. So I moved to Las Vegas when I was 21 and ended up meeting um, a professional golfer and went over to Europe. And I met some friends that were WAGs, wives and girlfriends of the European tour. And I ended up going on a 36 country tour for an entire year. I lived out of a suitcase and it was the most amazing experience that I probably ever had. I went to Africa, all over the Middle East, all over Asia, and to the most beautiful locations in the world. Mauritius, Africa really stands out in my mind still to this day. And I ended up moving to Dubai for a little while. And I can't wait to take my daughter there one day. I also began planning updates about what I was doing on social media initially on MySpace and later on Instagram. And over the years, I evolved as a model and an artist and collaborated with some really amazing publications and photographers. I was on the cover of Always Thorough in LA, um, uh, Dubai. I worked for Muse and Bareface agencies and worked as a model and a makeup artist, which was like unheard of at the time. And I appeared on the cover of so many different publications and magazines. And so when I moved back to the States, I opened a little mini salon in Seattle out of my apartment. And one of the models I was working with introduced me on a blind date to my now husband. And I flew into San Francisco to meet him. And the rest is history. We have a daughter now and she's a year and a half. And we've been in the Bay for the entire seven years we've been together. We've always loved California and because of my love for LA, I just, I've always felt like it was home. So it was such a natural move for me after moving back from overseas. And, you know, I realized, and you know, my husband helped me with my business in so many ways and evolved over the years as we were together, but I was still in makeup. And so that was really all I did. And so I was working weddings and then I eventually worked at Blush School of Makeup in San Francisco and began educating as well. And by then I had a team of anywhere from five to 15 artists at a time working over a hundred weddings all over the, the 
California coast and in different parts of the country. I've traveled to Italy for weddings. I've been all over um, and it's just been really fantastic to be in places like India and really experience the different cultural traditions in different weddings around the world. And that really opened my eyes up to different religious ceremonies and such. And I also, it's so funny because with my own wedding, I had planned this big wedding in Greece and then COVID hit and I ended up just eloping with my husband in Tahoe uh, because we couldn't, we couldn't, we were postponing for so long. We eventually just gave up. But um, it's kind of funny that I've been to weddings that hundreds of people are at and I ended up just having one. And our um, wedding ended up getting featured on the cover of a wedding magazine called Sierra Bride and uh, super fantastic story. So anyways, in, in terms of clean beauty, one day after I came home from working as a makeup artist, I went to the doctor because I wasn't feeling well. And I went and did all this allergy testing at Stanford. And they said that I was allergic to everything, dust, pollen, pets, and not knowing well, they did know I was a makeup artist. I was wearing perfume. I, you know, was definitely wearing makeup and they never questioned that. And looking back, it's so wrong that they didn't pay attention or that I didn't speak up because I wasted time and money and I was going in to get shots to fight my allergies. And it was such a scary time to sit in like a waiting room and then tell you, oh, just wait here, make sure like nothing happens. And, you know, it wasn't uncomfortable at all. I got a HEPA filter. They told me I should maybe get rid of my dog and get new bed sheets and get a maid to come clean my house more often so that their dust wouldn't bother my, my nose. And my whole kind of life got turned upside down. So I took a step back from beauty. I really was bogged down. And then I had gone to this wine bar one time to meet uh, a girl I was collaborating with and I saw a pop-up for a beauty counter. I had never heard of that and I started talking with a woman and her friend who had breast cancer and was advocating for clean beauty. I had been working then at that time as a makeup artist like my whole life so you know, half my life, 15 years, and I had never heard about the term clean beauty. So while she was explaining everything, she said the word fragrance. And it stopped me in my tracks because everything that I love in beauty and makeup, everything that was in my kit, all my hair products, everything, my all my air fresheners, um, my laundry detergent, my soaps, uh, shampoo, everything had fragrance in it. And so I asked her about that and she said that there's no regulations in the cosmetic industry and uh, companies can sell whatever they want in the United States and no one's really doing anything about it. So you have to be really careful what you buy. So I went home and I was really confused and I started researching. And the next day I called that woman back and said, I need these products and I'm going to try them and, and, and do a detox. So I put everything in my house that had any sort of fragrance in it. 
And then this was just a natural instinct. It's like one of those things that you, you, you have a feeling deep inside and you're like, I'm going to try this. No one told me, no one gave me a hint. It was just my intuition. And so I put everything in a big cardboard box underneath my vanity that I still have to this day. I don't have the products, by the way, just the vanity. And um, in my little rental house that I had in Palo Alto. And after 48 hours, I felt better. I could breathe better. I was sleeping better. I could see visually better. After I would just got told that I had partial vision loss. I was diagnosed with psoriasis on my head and that itchiness started to go away. And one of the biggest things that happened to me that was an immediate change was when I got out of the shower, my head and my back wasn't itchy and irritated. I didn't really know the term irritated before. I just thought crazily that my skin was irritated by my hair. I thought I thought that my skin didn't like my hair touching it and it's so clear now that it was the soap and the shampoo and conditioner that was touching my skin, sitting on my skin that was making my back so itchy and red, giving me hives and and I would just itch my back and I would I didn't want my hair touching my back because whatever was like, and I would rinse my hair out and rinse and rinse and rinse and th- and I, because I did for a slight moment think, is it something that I'm using that's making my skin like this? But my, my back would just get so uncomfortable and the rest of my body after every time I'd get out of the shower, I'd have these little bumps and they'd be itchy and I'd, and I'd itch at them, itch at them until I would have little sores the next day. And of course, I took showers every single day. So this was a constant thing in my life. And when I got rid of my shampoo and my dish soap and my body wash and my candles and all this, all that stuff, I literally had a full transformation. It was a complete detox. I had a complete change in my body. I was breathing better. I didn't have a rash anymore on my skin. My inflammation went down. And I realized I had been poisoning myself and my home, my family, my dog, my husband, my, my now husband. And so my husband said, why don't you rethink your career in beauty? Because if all of these products are making you sick, is it worth it? Because as a makeup artist, how could I continue to use products and try to make people feel beautiful if it was making me sick and everything changed. I dropped everything. I started telling people that I couldn't do their makeup. I got rid of my team and I started researching everything I could about clean beauty. And that's how I found Juice Beauty and Innersense Organic Beauty and all the brands that I now use and love. And we together searched the term clean beauty on iTunes and nothing came up. So I launched in 2018 or 19, this show. I think it was 2018, but by the time I launched it, it was 2019 because I had wanted to get episodes together, do interviews, test everything out. But I had reserved the name and it was just called Clean Beauty. And that's what you're listening to right now. 
So we've been going strong for uh, five years plus. So it's pretty amazing how far I've come. And so in terms of my approach on the industry and my experience, my feedback was immense. I talked to everybody, both in the industry and also my consumer friends, like my mom and my family and my friends, my model friends. And I started to hear more and more stories when I shared mine about their stories cancer survivors, other people who have who were diagnosed with an autoimmune disease like I had. And I became so passionate and excited to be a real voice in the industry that wasn't biased, that wasn't working for a company to make me say something or wasn't being paid by anybody to advocate. Um, I started working, you know, as an advocate for Beauty Counter, but I don't work with them anymore. And while I was working with them, I was just sharing the clean products that they had. And I had met a lot of other women who were also on a similar journey that ended up joining my team. And that was one of the first uh, and only like businesses that I ran in that form where you work with other people and it's almost like a referral network marketing sort of thing. Um, it's definitely not for everybody and it's definitely hard, but it is um, a profitable industry. Just as a side note, if you guys have questions, let me know about that. But I called out brands that weren't doing the right thing. I was angry that I had spent years of my life and thousands of dollars on products. I used to go to Mac and be so proud of my receipt of spending $1,000 on all these products. And in throwing them away, it just, it really just ate at me. So I realized that wasn't fulfilling me by tearing down those brands. So I was really focused on highlighting the ones that did a really good job. And that's how I discovered sustainability, organic. I, I, I knew about organic food, but I didn't understand like how organic beauty was different or better or vegan beauty was different or better. I actually didn't know what, you know, cruelty-free, like what all that meant. I thought they were just marketing terms. And my following just grew exponentially because I think I was learning naturally just with everybody that else. And so because I was so vulnerable and I still am, and because I was so open-minded and wanted to learn and sharing this knowledge as I'm learning with other people, right? Because selfishly I had the show so that I could interview other women and, and figure out what these people were doing and how they had these brands and why and what why they wanted a clean brand and how they were doing what they were doing and what ingredients they were using and I just became obsessed with the industry so at that time when I was in the discovery phase of trying these brands I when I would do an interview I would I would say hey well I'd love to try your products and naturally, that's how I started working with brands on a different level as a creator. And as an influencer already, it just elevated everything 
to another level because it opened up doors for me to create content, to get invited to exclusive events, to host my own events with these brands and really build a community far beyond uh, just a podcast community. I would bring people in person to meet the founders and the brands I actually have one of these events tomorrow in Walnut Creek. And so when someone would ask about a clean deodorant option, I'd be like, oh, you should meet my friend Chris at Chris's Blends that created her own clean deodorant and it's the only one that works for me. And to this day, Chris and I are still friends. She still sends me deodorant. She actually is sending deodorant to my event tomorrow. And this was five years ago. So like these are these people, these women became my sisters. They became my new family because remember I moved away from Washington state and I started over in California in a new city in a new town where I didn't know anybody. And especially through, you know, it's very isolating in the industry as an artist or a model or as a business owner, you know, 99% of our time is spent online I have my phone in my hand most of the day because every, you know, it's, it's like a, it's a mini computer. So my email, all my social media, all of my text messages, you know, every, I mean, you guys all know, right, that it's, you can use it for everything. And so where I was going with this was, you know, my personal and professional makeup kit, you know, started to change because when I would find clean products that I love, I would I I would start adding them and I would start offering them to my friends and to my clients. And at one point I started to host the Clean Beauty Retreat. So based on the feedback from my audience on the show, which I had no idea I was building with because a, a podcast is very one-sided. I'm speaking, but I don't actually know who's listening. You can't see that. It's not like posting on Instagram and getting comments or being able to post a story and seeing who watched the story. I I just had to look at the demographics and say, oh, like most of the people that listen are women and they're in the United States. But it's funny. I think that a lot of people are targeting someone and I was never targeting anyone. It just naturally happened that this is my natural audience. So my retreat in Carmel ended up getting featured in Forbes and it was sold out. And most of the people that came were from all over the country and flew in to go to it. So that was my fuel and my sign that I was on the right path. And that was my dream. I had, I had like, I don't know if Forbes was ever on a vision board that I made, but it was one of those publications that I thought if I ever get in Forbes, like I made it. And I cried when I was in Kinko's when the Forbes article came out and people thought I had like a breakdown or something. I was like, I had my dog. I was making photocopies for the retreat that was the next day. And I had an entire exclusive article written about me in Forbes and this retreat. And I had no idea, like I had just been sent it. And um, honestly, the media attention and being featured in publications, all of them have come 
so naturally. It was genuine interest from editors, just like the one at Forbes, Forbes, Mimi Fox, who reached out to me. She wanted to share my story. She wanted to try clean beauty. I sent her a clean beauty box of products to try with my recommendations. And it was a huge deal for me because all of the brands that were participating in my retreat, they got featured in Forbes too. To this day, they're my partners, Intersense Organic Beauty, Juice Beauty, um, so many brands. And Fiona Frilliance, um, she's still my friend. She was, I think, 14 or 15 at the time and a celebrity YouTuber. And, you know, now she's has a car, moved to Arizona. It's like, you know, an adult now and I'm still friends and she's still coming to my events. And I launched a product, the Lash Binder, which is a professional lash applicator that helps you put on lashes without any metal or pointy tweezers. It's sanitary. You can use it thousands of times. So it's super sustainable. Shark Tank called me and wanted me to come on the show to pitch my concept, but I didn't end up going because I just started to develop everything with a Kickstarter and a campaign and didn't have really sales yet. And the whole product idea was in the beginning stages. And then I developed uh, a give back program with Chemo Companions, where I essentially give a tool for every tool sold. I give one to a woman that is fighting as a cancer warrior who lost her lashes to chemotherapy treatment. And that was another thing that I didn't know. Um, And it aligned me even more with people in the clean beauty space because anyone going through cancer, that's how, remember, I got into it. So it had a special place in my heart because without that conversation of the breast cancer survivor sharing that she had to use cleaner products, like it, for me, it was like full circle. And I felt like giving back to that space And, you know, I didn't know if anyone would care. I didn't know if anyone would be interested in me researching. And that's what I was doing on my show. And I still, to this day, I research. I want to know what people are doing, what they're talking about. Beauty is such an interesting subject for me. And I put it on the air, not even really promoting it, like just kind of putting it out there. And then naturally I had so many people reach out. So when people, when I get asked about the press, it's it's definitely always been very organic. I've never had like a publicist that I pay to, you know, every month to get me press and anything. So the Forbes, CBS, Fox News, all, everywhere that I've been has been because other people aligned with me and my mission and believe in what I'm doing. So after working with hundreds of brands and advocating for clean beauty for a few years, um, Did I feel pressure to come up with my own product? Mm, Not really. It was natural. As a business owner, I, you know, and a social media person, um, an influencer, I kind of hate that word now, but it's as a creator. um, And also working as a makeup artist, everyone asks you if you have a YouTube channel because anyone getting their makeup done wants to learn. And that's why I believe in education. And I love being able to have someone look in a mirror and see what I'm doing and what brushes I'm using and how I'm doing strokes. And, you know, I could talk about makeup all day long and I can say what products are best for your skin and your skin type and tone and texture and all of that stuff and what products are going to work best on your skin type. And, you know, I'd always get asked, do you have your own brand? 
And when I would get lashes out, everyone would say, oh, I wish I knew how to do lashes. They're so hard to apply. I always, you know, and I'd heard horror stories of people were gluing their eyes shut or they'd drop the lash on the floor and get it dirty or they could get one on but not the other and they didn't understand how to do it. So I came out with a product to be able to say, yes, I have a product called the Lash Binder. It's a process. It was really fun to learn everything from designing a website from scratch creating a logo, getting it trademarked, patenting, designing, going back and forth with a manufacturer overseas, going into distribution, into retailers and boutiques, pitching, uh, working with BoxyCharm, and getting it out there and getting it press and learning what it was like to be a beauty founder, being immersed in doing pop-ups, I went to Bottle Rock and did hundreds of lashes every day during this festival up in Napa and got to talk to a lot more people and have even a more, a different reach for a different reason. And as a makeup artist, you pop those babies on and um, I was selling lash binders like hotcakes and it really opened my eyes and uh, made me realize what all these other founders were going through in their journey. It developed a new conversation because then I could start talking to them about their products. I could understand it. I could, you know, I wasn't just a makeup artist anymore. I became a consultant. I became an advisor. I became a brand strategist because having the skills of an influencer, of a professional makeup artist, and then having my own brand, I could create social strategies. I could give my opinions on everything from their branding and packaging to marketing their products and doing pop-ups and everything in between. So I started including the brands in new marketing experiences, um, working with business owners and brands a lot closer on strategies. And it was really important for me to align with their values. And for me, keeping relationships tight has always been number one. So when I meet a new person, I, I take notes and I'm just going to give you, this isn't in the magazine, but I'm just going to give you a little background of like what I do. So whenever I meet someone, I put like where I meet them, any important topics we talked about, I save them in my contact and then I save their brand, their phone number, get their email, all that stuff. It's essentially like a business card, but I always like remembering because I have thousands and thousands of people that I meet, right? So I like saying, oh, they're a creator or oh, they're a brand founder. And then watching those things in my notes on my phone change over time because I've met brand founders that are now working with a different beauty brand or they be, were, started working in PR. And it actually helped me to realize that not everyone stays where they started, I, I, I did a make <laughs> randomly. I, I was paid to do a makeover today in Menlo Park for a woman who is a lawyer and she needed a makeover and a refresh. So I charged $9.99 to do a full makeover that's two hours. And I go to your home or your place of business and I meet you for two hours and give you a full skincare and makeup consult and then gift you all new products, everything from like we started with a mask, skincare, cleanser, uh, toner, serum, 
the whole entire gamut. And then eyeshadow, uh, everything in make uh, mascara, eyeliner, eyeshadow, lashes, lash binder, and you get to keep everything that I use because I match everything to your skin. I customize the process. And then that is an, essentially a package. Now, if you were to go buy all those products alone, it would cost you thousands of dollars. Like these are high-end pro- uh, clean beauty products. But one of the things that I've developed uh, is, you know, and I've realized is I didn't want to be a makeup artist anymore. I wanted to be a clean beauty makeup artist. So I probably work three to five days each month. That's it as a makeup artist. And that's my, that's a six figure income by on its own. Um, And so it's amazing because I specifically people seek me out to help them with their skin concerns, allergies, maybe they had cancer, or maybe they had psoriasis, or maybe they're just ready to go into clean beauty or they're a mom and they're really conscious about what they use or they want to use all organic products. So I get, um, I have amazing clients in the Bay Area. And so to this day, I still do makeup, but not anymore. But through business and my relationships, I've watched as, you know, founders, some people like Karen at Juice Beauty, she's been doing what she's been doing for 20 years, but business has still changed. And it's just nice to know that not everyone stays where they started, right? Like you develop new skills and, you know, when COVID hit, I had just announced at my retreat that I was going to have a conference called Clean Beauty Con. And um, that never happened because of COVID. And, you know, my advisor, my brand strategist, I also have one. I believe that, you know, that is essential to success. Shout out to Twyla, who I've been working with for many years behind the scenes. She is my biggest fan and cheerleader and I love her so much. She is 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 like the older sister I wish I had and has helped me with brand strategy and PR and everything. And she said, you're still going to have your conference. And I was like, what? She's like, it's going digital. And ugh, it makes me emotional just thinking that I was so scared to to do that. And it was one of the most successful things, milestones in my career, other than this magazine feature I'm reading right now, because industry experts came on my panel that I, that you cannot nail these people down in any other way, like in any other time. I had Indy Lee and Carrie Grant and the Innocence team. I had founders from all over the world come on my little conference that I just created from scratch and we have over 50 hours of content, uh, talks, panel, discussions, and everyone in the beauty industry came. We offered it for basically free, streaming live on Facebook and like all these channels. And we had thousands of, of people come and learn and became lifelong fans of these brands. And then that's how the Clean Beauty Kit came to be. That is where my lifestyle PR box was born. So again, when I started talking to these brands, like, what are your goals? What are you struggling with? They said things like, it's lockdown. They couldn't get their products made. Their suppliers weren't operating out of the country. 
So I said, you know, why don't you send me the products you have? The stores are closed. You can't sell products. All you really have is your online store and you're looking for more customers. So why don't we have this summit and the attendees of the summit will get a box. I'll send it out to them and we can, they can, they can share it. They can learn about your brand and they, they can be really excited to meet you at the summit. Let's do it before and after. Let's play with it and figure it out. So I got all my attendees together. I had a private conference with them and they started unboxing these boxes online naturally. Like I never asked them to do that. They were so excited to get us a, a gift in the mail. It left me in shock because my <laughs> some of the videos, my address was like on the mailers that I sent out and I was not ready for that. So I was like, okay, I need a box. And so my husband said, what about the clean beauty kit? And I was like, what? He's like, well, your makeup kit, it's, that's what you call your professional makeup kit, right? Why don't you just do the clean beauty kit? And he not only came up with the word clean beauty podcast, he also came up with clean beauty kit. And <laughs> so as you see a trend, my husband is, stays on brand. And on a side note, he also named my tool Lash Binder, the last tool you'll ever need, which is also him. He's really good with this stuff, clearly. And he also advises startup companies and, and um, has been, you know, he worked at Microsoft and then Amazon and he's just, he's built and sold startups and it's just incredible to have a partner that has been so supportive in, and I think that that's really crucial to my success as well. Um, so I, I said, Hey, I'm going to make these boxes. I found a company called Fantastipack. They created the boxes for me. They ended up being out of Seattle and super sustainable, you know? And so I said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to put all the products in the kit. Um, we're going to make them all female owned and made in the United States because of the issue that I was hearing about supply chain, about brands. I started was talking to brands and they, they couldn't even make or sell their products because they were relying on China. And that was that put me over the edge because up until that point, I was upset with brands that were private labeling, you know, slapping their name on a package that something that came from overseas, nothing wrong with China in particular, but these other company, these other countries sending product that wasn't regulated slapping their name on it and selling a lipstick saying that it's clean or vegan or whatever, not really knowing what's inside of it and maybe even the ingredients being wrong and the product be itself being mislabeled. And then the, of course, the performance wasn't there. So I was sort of over products from overseas at that time and every major brand that I had in my kit at the time. Chanel, Dior, like all these big brands that I thought were so great really were were no, it was just all marketing essentially. And I had no idea. So we featured these brands. I did. It was me at home <laughs> during COVID. And I was just sick of, of everyone lying about what was the, in their ingredients making me sick. So I wanted to support my neighbors specifically. I had a lot of people in the Bay Area you know, Innersense and Juice, I keep naming them because they are my neighbors. They live here, they work here, they're founded here in California. And instead of struggling, like we made it happen. We, we, I featured 10 to 15 brands and products every month. I, I sold them, but I really was gifting them to influencers and people like 
And I call everyone, everyone is an influencer. If you're coming to my conference, you're an influencer. You have a family, you have a friend, you have someone you're going to talk to about your, about your day. And I think that that is like still the most powerful way we sell products is to our friends and our people that trust us naturally. I, I feel like influencers almost get a bad name and, and maybe they do for a good reason because they're being paid to say things. And my whole mission around all of this was don't take any money from anybody. At this time, I was still not charging anybody to talk to them, for them to talk to me on my show, on my podcast, at my summit, or to be in my box. It was all collaboration-based because to me, building these relationships. And I didn't have a a plan. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to charge these people one day. But I believed and I wanted more authenticity in the clean beauty space. I wanted real and I wanted to really give back to the professionals in the industry. And I had a lot of makeup artists and salon owners and hairstylists and and lash techs and different people listening to my show and coming to these events. And I was giving them these boxes for free because I really wanted to give back to them. I know what it's like to be a struggling artist, especially during COVID. You know, we're all on, you know, this government program just to feed our families. So I thought I'm not going to charge them an arm and a leg to send them this box. I just, I want to be able to cover like my shipping, but I want to gift these products. And that's how the kit really grew. Um, again, very organically. I vetted all the products. I, I fell in love with them. I started sharing them and then I got people really excited to try them. Skincare, self-care, bath, body, sexual wellness, deodorant, perfume, anything you could think of in terms of beauty. I had it and I was getting it from these brands and these founders and we have so many success stories. You could you could ask about me. Ask about me. Uh, where I, you know, we're working with these people and getting uh, industry recognition for these brands, for these events, for these for the summit. Uh, we were featured in Beauty Matter, Beauty Independent, um, just so many different publications, and so. Then, you know, more as we got out of COVID, I I ended up getting married, having my first child. I helped launch the Conscious Beauty Collective store in San Francisco, a pop-up for beauty founders where we had Immunicology and Olita and a lot of other women in in beauty come together and connect and collaborate. Um, And that was, you know, another stepping stone because then it led me into really starting to manage brands and partnerships and take even a deeper step into hosting events. After COVID ended, I started hosting a monthly event uh, with with different companies. Again, InnerSense comes to mind. And, you know, it's been consistent with my partnerships with these various brands. I would focus on a different brand or a few different ones every month, host these events, bring in these creators, my friends in the industry, in the community. And that's where I met the founders of Modern Day Wife, Megan and Megan. You know, every month they host this event series with a big focus on fashion and beauty. And so I was invited as a creator to one of their events. When I started telling them about what I did, they said, hey, come on with us. Let's let's bring some of your brands in 
and let's partner. So I brought in <laughs> InnerSense Organic Beauty, Codex Labs Corp, um, and more, and worked with these brands. Luna Essent, you know, a very local, organic, sustainable brand. And, you know, it's not that the Megans didn't want to advocate for clean and natural. They didn't know how to approach it. So I partnered with them as a brand manager to help direct these clean beauty brands and, you know, super grateful for the opportunity. We've been to Arizona. We've done events in the Bay Area, LA, uh, San Diego most recently. And we've had, you know, partnerships with Dyson and Bloomingdale's. And it's just been an incredible growth because my events were very boutique and very intimate, you know, 20 to 50 people. Whereas Modern Day Wife has events with anywhere from 500 to 1,000 women. And so it just expands clean beauty into a new uh, dimension and the shift. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud. And now I can say like Chanel for creating and even trying to make a clean line, you know, Garnier Fructis. You know, I, one of the most powerful things that I've ever heard and what, what I'll ever say is we vote with our dollars and these big brand names, these big companies, these conglomerates, they will shift when you don't spend money with them because I know that we can feel powerless sometimes. But I watched as this industry has shifted, has changed, um, where my purchasing, you know, has shifted and my friends and my family. And for that, you know, we're seeing the laws change and we're seeing demands and these, you know, we're seeing sub brands too being created by these companies, seeing if they can get away with it with unclean ingredients. And, you know, uh, a founder that's nowhere to be seen or heard about, it's like, no, we want to connect. Makeup and skincare is very personal. And it's not only about that, it's about what you're breathing, how you're living, what is in your deodorant, what's in your air fresheners, the filters for your water in the shower, what what is the cleaning products you're putting on your floors and walking barefoot on. It's everything. And so this clean beauty, you know, for me started as makeup, but now it's a, it's a lifestyle. That's my new tagline for the year. Clean beauty is a lifestyle. And I live that lifestyle. It's a, it's a lifestyle of wellness and uh, being fit and healthy and having a clear mind. And it's opened up a world for me where I'm taking a closer look on the environment, my lifestyle, buying organic sheets to sustainable fashion. I actually have a sustainable fashion show coming up uh, where I'm moderating a clean beauty panel, you know, because they go hand in hand at the W in San Francisco with my friend Melissa, who is, you know, who runs SF Fashion Festival. You know, I started uh, taking more time to tend to my plants and watch them grow and becoming more connected with nature and co being conscious of my plastic consumption and getting rid of all my plastic in my house and recycling and starting using glass and stainless steel and eating off stainless steel and glass. And, you know, it's been f so fun to do all of this. It, it can feel overwhelming if you feel like you need to change everything right away. But I started shopping at secondhand stores and trying to refurbish my clothing and my shoes and sell what, you know, or give away what wasn't serving me anymore. And, you know, right now working with MDW, we're planning out our 2024 event series where we're on tour 
um, where I'm moderating these beauty panels and looking for other brands to join us, to join this movement. Uh, our next one is at the SLS Hotel in LA, in Beverly Hills, um, December 1st. And I'm just so excited to be partnering with so many women who believe in us. And then December 14th, we're in Vancouver, Canada, up at the Paradox Hotel. I'll be at Founder Made coming up in LA in a couple weeks. And then I have a holiday showroom on the 10th and 11th for celebrities and press that, you know, I'm managing these brands. Um, and we have so many amazing brands. I'll have to do a whole nother episode on that. And, you know, yeah, I have a lot going on and I have a, a child and a husband. He's downstairs on the phone ever since he got home. It's 930 at night. My kid's been in bed since eight o'clock. She's in daycare full time. And I worked up to my due date. I actually didn't even know I was having a baby until I was having her. And then after two weeks, I was, you know, I was nursing, but I was on the ground for a pop-up shop and working in the community. And that just is what fills me up. And my daughter is my biggest motivator now. And it's made me become more organized and even more passionate about what I do. She's already super passionate and loves makeup and skincare. And she does getting ready videos with me. And like, it wasn't something that I expected of her and it wasn't something that I wanted for her, but she just lights up in front of a mirror and just naturally, and you know, maybe that'll go away, but she loves <laughs> smelling products and, and, and just doing the whole experience with me. And you know, I, I tell her to swatch on the back of her hand and, you know, I'm not worried about these products touching her or going in her mouth, you know. I include her as a mom and in, in my schedule and I work with her and through her nap times, but I also have help and, of course, I have my husband and my friends and it, my husband's just been so great with, between his, you know, startup ventures and working at a corporate company you know, I watch him grow from scratch many times as well and change and pivot in his career. And, you know, I, I just, I can't say enough good things about my husband. <laughs> Maybe I'm a little biased, uh, but I, I believe in writing down your dreams. You know, I believe in manifesting your destiny and just working really hard at what you want, not because someone else wants you to, and, and no one else will do this for you. No one will have thought, you know, in, in a career, like coming as a makeup artist from a small town, you know, I, I pushed so hard to get everything in this life that I've gotten, that I've been blessed with. And I didn't have the connections. I built them. I didn't know anyone and I nourished relationships. At the end of the day, everything is just a matter of balance and it's what you want and you make time for that. And I'm passionate about what I do and I believe that what goes around comes around. That's what my mama taught me and it clearly does. So thank you so much for listening to this episode, to this article, to my insights and just extra things I wanted to share and knowledge I wanted to share with you. And uh, I'm super, super, super curious who is listening and why you're still listening and if there's anything I can do for you or any questions you have because I just this is this is my passion and I, I I love hearing from you so if you can share a comment or leave a review or go on one of my social channels and connect with me or just write me an email cassandra lee mcclure at gmail.com 
or at me on threads or Twitter or, you know, whatever, find me. Um, I, I would love to, ha- to see you at one of your, my events. Please come say hi. We have several in the Bay Area and LA through 2024. So please, I, I, I love meeting you. Thank you so much for everything and uh, good night.